0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. So we were just talking with Rob Shaw at the Vancouver Sun about the increase in wages for MLAs that is coming up for this year. They don't vote on it. We know how troublesome that is when politicians vote on their own raises. That ended about 10, well, I guess, yeah, 10 years ago now. Uh, Essentially, it's pegged to the rate of inflation, which means that they'll see about a 2.7% increase. Uh, That is an increase of almost $3,000 over their salary from last year. Meanwhile, most employees of the public sector will see a 2% wage increase. And as Rob Shaw was telling us, that's causing a lot of discussion about whether or not that is fair. And there's some unions that have yet to negotiate their deals. One of them is the BC Teachers Federation. And the president, Glenn Hansman, joins us now. Glenn, thanks for being here.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Where are negotiations at?
1: Oh, well, we started. uh, Negotiations began at the end of uh, February. have continued through the month of uh, March. Teams are meeting today. And collective agreement that's currently in place expires at the end of June. So there's there's lots of time to reach a deal and we feel optimistic about that. Um, but we posted this story on our Facebook uh, page this morning and there's a lot of angry face comments that are on there just simply because um, there's an awful lot of workers in B.C., both in the private sector and the public sector, who are definitely not seeing their wages tied to inflation. And yet all of us um, live side by side with MLA's and they come to our doors seeking support during election period. And you know, look, we all have to pay our bills and BC is incredibly expensive. So, you know, it would be great to have a conversation how all workers in BC, regardless of the sector, should at least see wage increases of inflation, if not more.
0: What are the priorities then for the BCTF in this round of negotiations? What What's really critical to work on?
1: Well there's a lot of gaps in terms of the language that was restored by the court two and a half years ago. We had been seeking for a long time to get back our right to negotiate class size and class composition and we've been speaking for months before bargaining open to look at school districts like West Vancouver that teachers there and the students don't have similar protections around class size and class composition. So we're very motivated to fill some of those holes but the teacher shortage in this province uh, and the one that exists in some of the other sectors too is only going to be corrected if we address how people are are paid and not just here in the lower mainland but in the interior and in the peace region where school districts are awfully reliant on people who've already retired to be casual workers or relying on people who don't have teaching certificates at all. The reality is as long as Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Ontario, and the territories pay way more for teachers on an annual basis in terms of salary at the bottom end and the top end. We're going to continue to have shortages, and that needs to be corrected. I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, going to sort of uh, expect that this be completely fixed in any one round of bargaining. But we at least have to see a significant step in that direction. So it's a bit stressing to find out that MLAs who are in in one sense the employer, the boss are are getting a wage increase tied to inflation in the ballpark of 2.7 but nothing like that is on offer to any public sector work in the province and uh, you know, my partner works in the private sector, he's certainly not getting an increase like right. that, and I have lots of friends that work in the private sector and they're not seeing anything like that either.
0: Would you like to see some incentives as well? I was talking to Rob Shaw about that, of of you know providing incentives for more rural teachers or bonuses for you know getting training as a French immersion teacher, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's been lots of things done like that in the past, but there isn't really anything systematized right now. And so I think we have to look at opportunities to take the current workforce and be able to say, okay, look, we're really desperate for counselors and French immersion teachers, or in a particular region of the province, maybe we need more teachers with specialized special education. And so what can we do, like they do in health, like they do in engineering and architecture, um, pay for people to go back to school and get additional qualifications, not just like a one-off workshop here and there, but actual credentials in some of those areas, but I think we also have to be looking at things like student loan forgiveness programs, um, setting people up with housing, look at more opportunities to create sort of below market housing or at least subsidies for people if if people are willing to commit to stay in a community for a little while because there's no sense going to Toronto to do a recruitment fair and, and try to get somebody uh, from there to move and take a teaching job in Fort St. John if that person's only going to stick around for six months. Once they figure out that, they could be paid upwards of $15,000 more per year by simply going to the next community across the Alberta-BC border. We want people to commit and stay and and get to know the community and build relationships with students and, and parents.
0: You mentioned, uh, you know, going to Toronto, there's been some speculation that there will be a lot of applications or movement west of teachers from Ontario because of the climate there right now. Do you think that's possible?
1: Oh, well, possibly, um, except there are lots of teaching jobs available in the other western provinces and in Yukon and northwest territories, and all those jurisdictions pay more. And so people might leave Ontario and, and head west, but they might not move as far west as British Columbia. There's a lot of school districts in Alberta and Manitoba that are also um, going to job fairs in Ontario and some of the other provinces, trying to get teachers from those provinces to come to the prairie provinces, and uh, they pay way more starting wages. So if I'm that new teacher in Ontario with a student debt to pay off and uh, I'm thinking about maybe starting a family and worried about finding a place to live, I might consider British Columbia, um, but I might be also looking at some of those um, other communities and so uh, everyone weighs things differently I moved here from Montreal, and I, as an individual, was extremely motivated to move to British Columbia for a variety of reasons. But at the time, salaries were pretty comparable, and so it wasn't, um, that wasn't a factor. Now there's a gulf in terms of what starting wages look like, and at, at the top of the scale... Uh, there's a problem too, but like I said, you know, if, if uh, it looks like the public sector agreements that are being reached are in the range of three years, and and clearly that gap can't be rectified in one fell swoop, but we have to make some significant headway, and there's there are ways of doing that um, because this can't continue for another five, ten mm-hmm. years, and and kids need to have qualified. Certified teachers working with them, regardless of where they're living in the province.
0: Well, you sound like you're optimistic, though. You said the deal ends at the end of June. That's a couple of months away. You feel like it can get done?
1: Well, there's no reason why it, it shouldn't get done. That if, if there's some obstacles that are put on the table, those will need to be worked through. I, I feel right. positive about the fact that we, there's so many days scheduled, but there has to be a willingness to actually resolve some of these long standing issues, mm-hmm. or at least. A, uh, uh, a reasonable number of them um, and then park some for the for the next time and then be prepared to sort of get in there and start working on those in the short term. But I was a bit horrified, um, you know, not surprised because we know what the rules are, but to sort of see um, when we have tabled in the past uh, proposals to have wages tied to inflation and when we've had those rebuffed or where it's been implied that somehow that's asking for too much or being greedy, that uh, MLAs continue to get that and and justify it for the same reasons that we've attempted to justify it in the past. And I think it's a conversation that British Columbians, it's a fair one for British Columbians to sort of scratch their heads and ask, why is this okay when we're not seeing anything similar for ourselves?
0: Well, Glenn, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. That is Glenn Hansman, the president of the BC Teachers Federation.